Greetings to all our viewers and to those who are following us and to the KGM family here in Wolfish Bay, Namibia. Um, we are going to get into the word today. We are busy speaking on oneness, um, the economy of grace. And as I've been sharing in the previous, I think, five sessions on the economy of grace within the subject of oneness, we, we are going into, this, into this, um, this chapter of Acts chapter 4 where the Lord spoke to me about certain um, blessings that come um, as a result of us being one. And one of the things that we are looking at is in Acts chapter 4, after they had established their agreement with the will of God and they were in one accord, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then there were certain things that just um, was a fruit as a result of that oneness. And one of the things that, that, that happened was is that they were all um, were filled and great grace was upon them all. So I'm going to read this verse and then we can just take it from there. So Acts chapter 4, um, and we, I'm reading from verses... Uh, I'll read from verses 32. It says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. In verse 34, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he has need. And so it is not by chance that the scripture would say in verses 33, and great grace was upon them all, and then the next verse immediately says, and there was none that lacked. The, the reason being is that grace meets all our needs. As we have read repeatedly from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency for every good work. So grace meets your need. If you need to do any work for the Lord, any good work, any deed that you want to do, grace is the sufficiency. Grace meets the need. As we also know that Paul wrote when he was praying about his, the thorn in the flesh, and he asked the Lord, he said, three times I sought the Lord regarding this thorn in the flesh. And he said, the Lord answered him, said, my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, my strength or my power is made perfect. Grace always comes to meet the need. And so the Bible says that great grace was upon them all. And if great grace was upon them all, grace was then meeting their need. And I explained to you in the previous session how that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it starts in verses 1 and says, My brethren, I want you to know about the grace of of God that was bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. And it talks about how in their great trial of affliction there was in the great joy 
and in their deep poverty, there was an, a, a, they were abounding in their liberality and their giving. And it was amazing that grace made them givers, though they were in deep poverty. And grace gave them joy, though they were in great trials of affliction and in difficulties. And so we see that grace can do something that, 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 the, that the, sometimes the natural can't even do for us. And, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, um, there Paul basically explains um, what is, how grace meets our needs. And, and, and this verse here in Acts 4, 33 and 34, where great grace was upon them all, and none of them lacked is explained in detail in chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. And so I was going with you into that chapter and I want to go there again today and perhaps we might finish off with this subject on the economy of grace. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, as we read from verses from verses. 7, he says, Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance um, and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I explained to you last week that this grace that Paul wanted them to abound in was the grace of giving or in, in the area of their finances. And I explained to you that uh, in sec- 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 that your collection can be seen as grace when it is or your offering or your money can be seen as grace when you distribute it in the same manner as which you have received grace. And how did you receive grace? Freely from the heart of God. Freely someone else paid the price. Freely um, you don't have to earn it. It's undeserved. It comes as favor. It's God favoring you. And that's the way. And in the same way, when you give what you possess freely, that the other person doesn't deserve it, it becomes grace. Now, here Paul wants us to abound in this grace. And I said to you that, you know, we can, we can increase in so many areas of our lives. Our marriage can get better. Our, our knowledge of spiritual things can increase we can speak, we can articulate the things of the Spirit and, and we grow in these areas, but in the area of finances, we're not growing. Why? Because in these areas, we are not giving. And the way you increase is by giving. And God makes you a giver, um, helps you to give more just by the simple fact that you start to give. And so it goes on to say here in verses 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others to prove the sincerity of your love. Um, These Corinthian church had announced to Paul their willingness to give and Paul wanted now them to to show the love that was in the heart and the willingness where there was a willingness he wants them now to perform that which they were willing to do. And he says, verses 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, and that you through his poverty might be rich. And so what God does is he enriches us so that we are able to give. Jesus was rich, 
but he became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. And so he uses this example, this principle in verse 10 as, as something that he could give his advice. Yea, and I give my advice. For this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will uh, or to give, so there may be a performance also of that which you have. So it's it just simply saying you have a willing heart, you desire to give. Don't just leave it at the desire. Don't just be willing. Actually do it. And we, all, we always say, and I'm sure it happens throughout each generation, we always say, I want to give, but I'll wait until I have more before I give. The reality is, well, you desire to give. In your heart, there are many other desires that you have. You desire clothes, you desire a bigger car, you desire a greater house, you desire a bigger TV, you desire a holiday, you desire to eat out, to wear nice clothes. All these desires are there. And the reality is that the minute you get money, the first thing you're going to do is spend it upon your desires. These desires, and, and Paul is saying, let's not wait until we have in, enough because um, covetousness is like, is, like a, is like an ocean that just um, almost, it just always is flowing. It's always taking and, 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 and we, we just never get enough um, in when we are covetous. We, we, just, we just continuously want and want and want more. You have enough, but you still want more. You, you don't know when is enough. I mean, you can live on 50,000 comfortably, but when you get to 50,000, then you want more. And uh, so we, we, shouldn't just, we shouldn't just be that we must, if we are willing, let's do it. If we are willing, let's do it. So verse 12, it says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according that a man has, and not according that he does not have. So I do not want you to be eased, um, other people to be eased, and then you are burdened. So Paul is saying, he's uh, applying some wisdom, he's saying, I don't want you to give, and then you must place a burden upon yourself. He says, give, give, and I, I'm a... If you are willing to give, it's because you have. So, give. And don't, don't um, again, don't wait for, for till you have a lot. If you have something, give. If you are willing, give. This is how God brings to you more because you are a giver. And, um, and so, verses 14, for, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that the abundance also may be supply for your want or your lack, that there may be any quality. So Paul is saying um, God gives others more so that those who have little can, can receive from those who have. And so there's a sharing amongst each other. And that's what we see happen in Acts chapter 4. Those who had extra lands and houses, they sold them. And they came and, distrib and, and laid that, those finances at the feet of the apostles and they distributed to everyone as they had need. And so there was an equality. And so this is all the workings of grace. When grace is at work in your heart, it will make you a giver. And it, it will not make you stingy. 
And you know, and, and sometimes our real problem is, is that we have a mindset of poverty. We have a mindset our, where, whereas we used to be uh, so, so uh, living in an environment or in a place where we have lack, all we can think about most of the time is our needs. And so when we have, we don't want to open our hand to give. All we want to do is look at our needs and see, hey, but I have, how can I be giving? But God is saying that if you want to come out of that place of poverty, you have to break the mindset because your environment is constantly teaching you that you don't have. You always are short, short of what you need. And how will tomorrow take care of yourself? You're worried about tomorrow. And that is what poverty builds into your mind. And this mindset has to be broken so that you can become a giver. Because if you have a poverty mindset, you're always holding on to what you have because you don't know if they will be tomorrow. But when you live in the kingdom of God, tomorrow is taken care of. And by that, I'm not telling you to be reckless and foolish with your finances. I'm just telling you that you've got to break out of the spirit of poverty, this idea that you are going to lack. You've got to see that you are going to increase, grow. God is going to bless you and so on. It's because we have been trained to think that we will not have. That's why we do not want to give. And uh, you can go on the rest of this chapter. You can go read it on your own. I want to get into Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Um, it says here, it says here in verses 5, he says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that though that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, wherever you had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not of covetousness. So he says, I sent somebody in advance to prepare your offering that you have declare to me that you are willing to give and I send somebody now so that that person can give to you uh, um, or not give excuse me but so that he can collect that offering that you have prepared out of a willing a willing heart and a willing mind and he says now now that you have I've sent this person not because I'm covetous or because I desire what you have but I have sent this person because of your your declaration because of what you said to me. And, um, and so in verses 6, but, but let, let, let's stay here. I feel we should stay here in, in, in chapter, in verses 5. Let, let's go to the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verses 10. There's some, some things to be considered. Sometimes when we end up talking about money, uh, people always say why are we always speaking about money you know and I think I think those that know me this is probably one of out of the out of the many years that I've been speaking now and preaching the gospel this is probably the only the second time that I've been speaking on money and in my own life I have had many needs I've been in many tight uh, places and yet I've never used the pulpit to preach on money to meet my needs. And today I am not sharing this because I want something from you. I am sharing this because I want something to come to you. It is about what God must do with your life and not what, what must happen to me through your giving. 
and uh, me enriching myself by your giving, but it is more about you enriching yourself and advancing by giving. Uh, many years ago, the Lord said to my wife, um, advance by giving. And at that stage in our lives, we didn't give it much attention. Today, I understand, I wish I had listened earlier. I wish I had meditated upon what the Lord said. I wish I had concentrated and focused and, and thought about what he was saying, advance by giving. And today I understand, today I understand it quite, and, and it's, it's like, this is the way. Uh, give, and that's how you advance. And, um, and, and so, if, if we are speaking about money, it's not because we want something from you. Right now I'm in a position where I don't, I am not so concerned about my needs. I I can speak here and not be worried. How am I going to? Am I going to feed my family, or am I going to pay my rent, or things like that? The the Lord has taken us out of that season, and we're in a different season. And so I am speaking here not because of a desire to have anything from you, but I want you to come into the same. And this is what Paul is saying here in in Philippians chapter four. Verses 10, he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again when you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Paul says that, that the, these Philippian church, they are now giving to him and they're taking care of him and they've now gotten the opportunity to give to him. They did in the past, and, but they lack now opportunity. But now in verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therefore um, therewith to be content. Paul is saying, listen, I, I'm telling you these things now um, about you giving to me and you taking care of me and my needs and so on. Not because I want something and not because I need something. He says, I'm actually fine. And he says, I've learned how to be content with what I have. I've learned how to, how to just be um, satisfied whether I have a plate, uh, eat just bread for tonight or if I eat a three course meal tomorrow night, it doesn't matter. I am content. The issue is not, I'm not fighting for what I'm eating. I just, just, I just live in the moment and I'm content and I'm satisfied because I have no covetousness. And then he goes on to verses 14, or sorry, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So his contentment with whatever stage, whether he has a roof overhead or doesn't have a roof overhead, he's content. Whether he eats uh, great food or not, he's content. Whether he has lots of money or little money, he is content. And he has learned in all things to be content. And then he says, I can, through Christ, I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. But then he says, and, and he says it so nicely, Verses 14, notwithstanding you have, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. So he says, yes, I as a preacher, or I as a sent one, yes, I'm supposed to be content with where I find myself, but yet, um, yet you still got to understand that there is something that you must do, you must give. And he goes on verse 15, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated uh, with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So this Philippian church, 
They learned how to give, but somehow they also learned how to receive. So they gave, they received. They gave, they received. They gave, they received. They were in the cycle. Their economy was at work. There was no lack in their economy. And Paul says, there no church came close to me in this way, but you only. When you gave, you received. There are many people today that says, I give, but I don't see anything. I give, but I don't get a result. Paul is saying to this church that you gave and you receive at the same time. Then verses 16, for even in Thessalonica, you send once and again unto my necessity. Verses 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So when you look at the book of Philippians, you've got to see this relationship between a saint one and the church and how they work together. There's the saint one and he provides that which is spiritual to the church and there's the church and the church provides to the saint one that which is natural. So he provides the supernatural, the grace and this church provides the natural and there is a and in that relationship between the church and the sent one, there is this giving and receiving, giving and receiving. Like Elijah and the widow, the widow gave him food. He provided the miracle for the widow so that the food never stopped. As she gave the food, the, the food just miraculously increased in a cupboards. So uh, there is this giving and receiving, giving and receiving. Here Paul is saying, here there's me, there's you, you give, you receive, you give, you receive. And we see this as we go on. And Paul says, I have everything, I've received it. He says, I do, I'm not saying this because I want something from you. I'm saying this because I desire fruit that will come to your account. So the, the goal is not getting. The reason Paul is speaking is not to get from them but is to get something to them and and he says here verses 18 but i have all and i am abound i am full having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you an odor of a sweet smell a sacrifice acceptable well pleasing to god but my god shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by christ jesus so here Paul is saying, those things that you have given to me, this church gave to the sent one, gave to the one that was ministering them the word, bringing the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that grace which they did not have, providing that grace. And it was as they were meeting his needs and giving to, the, to Paul, the Bible says that that was a sweet smelling sacrifice, an accept, uh, a sacrifice that's acceptable. It's when our giving is acceptable, our giving is acceptable unto God, that is when we have a receiving. So it's important to make sure that, that that which we give is acceptable and then so that we can receive. And then Paul says, but my God shall supply all your needs. He did not say your God. He did not say to the Philippians, our God or your God. He said to the Philippians, he said to them, my God shall supply all your needs. So according to the miraculous way that God meets my needs and the way that he provides for me, he says, because you've given into, into my life 
He says that is the same way that God will provide for you miraculously, provided that your giving into, into my life, Paul says, has become a sweet-smelling sacrifice. And, and we, we really believe that we shouldn't preach anything that we are not living. And this is my life. I give. The way that I'm telling you to give now is the way that I give. And the only way I can say where I am today is not because of... Um, uh, is in the beginning, it was because I had to give. I was in a tight spot. I had little. I didn't have enough. Um, I always worked from a backlog. I, I, um, there was, every time I needed to do something, there wasn't money and I had to trust God. And I, and I had to develop this faith with the Lord and walk in this grace of provision and, and God just meeting our needs. And, uh, and this is the way that the Lord works. And, and it happened because I gave and I had to step into obedience you know, when I speak to the Lord about my finances, um, I have done this often. I've, I come to a place in my life and I'm frustrated with my finances. And I start to talk to the Lord about my finances. Say, Lord, you know, I really want to step into a different, um, how can I, what's the word? In a different uh, abundance or a different level of giving. Um, I want to increase. You know what the Lord speaks to me about? Then he starts speaking to me about giving. Uh, does God need my money? No. Um, instead of him telling me, you know, I come, come up with a, a wonderful idea for business or something I get, what does he do? He talks to me about giving. Why? Because what I want is I want to increase in my giving. I want to give more. And I, I desire more so that I can do more. And what does God speak about? What does he come and speak to me? About giving. And people can sometimes ask, you know, why are you talking about giving? Why are we talking about giving? Because you want more. So if you want more, you must give. It's just the way. God ministers seed to the sower. That is just how it works. He ministers seed to the sower. If you are a sower, God will minister seed to you and from your seed you will also have bread to eat and seed to sow. That is just how it works. And we, 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 we have to say these things because this is the area that sometimes in, in, a, in, in people's lives where they don't grow. They grow spiritually, they grow in knowledge, they grow in the understanding, they grow in ability to prophesy, you know, they enjoy the presence of the Lord. You know, they enjoy many things. And they just grow in their relationship. You can see they are growing. But in the area of finances, they're not growing. Why? Because we don't apply financial principles. And I can only say to you what the Lord said to me. He said to me, give. I can only tell you, give. And that is what you should do. So with these words, I want to encourage you to... To, to meditate upon what I'm saying. Don't close your heart and say, um, why are you talking about giving? No, open your heart, listen, meditate, think. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to open it up to you. As you meditate upon it, as you allow the Holy Spirit to speak and that He gives you revelation 
out of what I'm saying. What will happen is that joy will come and you will give from a place of revelation, understanding and joy and it will be a blessing to you. So with these words, I encourage you to continuously give and don't stop giving because that is how the Lord will make all grace abound towards you. Uh, that you will always have all sufficiency for every good work. God bless you and see you next time.